Tuesday night. Tuesday night, and we are live. Good to see everybody. Thanks for joining me tonight. Let's hop right into it. We have a lot to, lot, a lot to cover. As always, the world is a mess right now, but not for us. Our God shall supply all our need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We are not plugged into this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. We have nothing to be concerned about, but we need to have our finger in the air and be able to test and approve and see what's going on in this world and measure it up against the Bible to see where it lines up in the book of Revelation. And right now we are in Matthew 24, really the beginnings of sorrows right now. But no one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. We need to be living victorious lives. We don't need to be worried about anything. I want to just make that clear to everybody. That is not the purpose of this podcast, to make you worried. The purpose of this podcast is to get you informed so that you know how to pray. And what, when we need to be praying in victory... And what we have been praying has been coming to pass. A lot of things are coming to the light right now. We know that everyone practicing evil, whether it's Pfizer, Joe Biden, Anthony Fauci, the NIH, the FDA, the CDC, everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest their deeds be exposed. It's in John chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus speaking. So we know that and we've been praying that all of these, all of these evils, all of these statistics... You know, we saw, I, I spoke about it recently, about the New York Times article chronicling that the CDC is actively hiding right now booster statistics for those 18 to 49. Insurance companies are starting to realize there's been an exponential uh, rise in deaths in that age bracket they're hiding those booster statistics they're hiding you know other statistics too right now currently the you know the cdc is is hiding all sorts of statistics we'll get into that if we have time but let's switch over we're going to start with ukraine you kind of have to start with ukraine and these are two videos that my producer aaron actually found for me we're going to run them uh, consecutively Listen closely and don't forget the names that you have. Sometimes you'll see them on the screen. Don't forget the names and remember how all of this began. Play it for me. The first casualty of war is the truth. And if the American people knew the truth about U.S. interference in Ukraine, they might not be so eager to start World War III. During World War II, Western Ukraine sided with the Nazis. After the war, the CIA helped Ukrainian Nazis evade the Nuremberg trials and began operating with them within the Ukraine. After decades of CIA infiltration, the Ukrainian People's Movement emerged in 1989 and gave birth to extremist groups Svoboda, Trident, and Right Sector. Neo-Nazi groups pushing for the ethnic cleansing of Ukraine. Extremist groups cultivated by the CIA supported by the U.S. State Department and used by the IMF to bring Ukraine to heel. When Yinukovych beat NATO-backed Yushchenko in the 2010 elections, his government was being pressured into signing an EU association agreement by the International Monetary Fund in their typical conquer-by-debt offer that would financially ruin the Ukraine and place them at the mercy of the World Bank. Yinukovych declined their offer. And in today's corrupt world, you're not allowed to say no to the IMF. Funded by Western NGOs associated with George Soros and the CIA, a highly organized color revolution was immediately deployed against Yinyakovic. Organizations such as the National Endowment for Democracy, 
trained activist journalists to utilize Facebook, along with three brand new television networks created within weeks to recruit people for the protests. This Western-run media campaign was a huge success. The turnout was massive. The CIA has been orchestrating revolutions their entire career. And the first step to their simple formula is to convince people to take to the streets in peaceful protest. They then use agitators to goad the police into violence and state-run media to ignite the crowd with emotionally and chief of staff associated closely with the U.S. State Department ordered the streets to be cleared of protesters for the erection of the annual Christmas tree. When the police arrived, they were met by a highly aggressive and well-organized faction of Ukraine's right sector, who provoked the police into a violent reaction against peaceful protesters, which is all the Western intelligence media reported on. Predictably, this resulted in more unrest and violence which was further fueled by U.S. Senator John McCain's support of the protests. Leaked phone calls reveal that the U.S. State Department was orchestrating this coup d'etat from within the U.S. Embassy with support from Vice President Joe Biden. On February 20th, unidentified snipers firing from government buildings occupied by the protesters began firing into the crowd, killing people on all sides. Yinyakovic's home and offices were taken by armed mobs, and a new government was put into place with a neo-Nazi element that went on to accept the IMF's spurious loan offer and began murdering the Russian-speaking population of Ukraine in Donbass. As a result of this Western-created quagmire, 96% of the people in Crimea voted in favor of joining Russia. And while the nation celebrated, Western media reported that they were invaded by Russia. Their proof? A Russian military presence which has existed there since 1804. Supporting a criminal war against Russia does not make you a patriot. It makes you a useful idiot of the globalist banking cartel. The very same entities waging war on all of humanity with vaccine passports and experimental jabs. A righteous patriot would call out his government for war crimes. And through fraud and deceit, the United States government has been the world's biggest purveyor of war crimes for decades. All in the name of spreading McDonald's, genetically modified foods, and sexual perversions worldwide. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. All right, so there we go with this. Let's go over this real quick. Now, there's the truth. Now, that's what Ukraine is really all about. Now, does that justify Vladimir Putin going in and killing innocent civilians? Absolutely not. But again, let me, let me reemphasize this. Vladimir Putin is a World Economic Forum dictator. Voldemar Zelensky is a World Economic Forum dictator. Zelensky has imprisoned all of his political opposition. He has shut down all opposition media. He is not running a democracy. He is as elected as Vladimir Putin is elected. So remember, when you have all the idiots like Dan Crenshaw shown in the video, uh, Lindsey Graham, even Ted Cruz, Mark Levin, Sean Hannity, all of them saying that Voldemar Zelensky is some sort of hero. Remember, his best friend 
is Justin Trudeau. He has the same mindset as Justin Trudeau. He is a liberal progressive actor. I mean, literally like a Hollywood actor who is now the prime minister or president of Ukraine, whatever the title is. That's who Voldemar Zelensky is. So when you see him on TV, and he's about five foot, he's about five foot six. That's, that's about his height. You know, Tom, are you demeaning him? Well, I'm just giving you the reality. When you see him on TV with the olive drab green uniform on of the Ukraine army, understand that he's never been in the military in his life. He's never served in the military for one day in his life. He was a comedic actor and actually was rather popular in Russia as an actor, as well as Ukraine. Hence the reason why it was very easy to get him into office. That's who Zelensky is. He is not brave. He is not standing up. He is doing what he is being told to do. It's as simple as that. Who knows what's really happening? All of us need to take a step back and not buy into really what's sad is the globalist right-wing propaganda. We know where the left is. We, we already know. They're all in. They're all lying. They're saying that, that the Ukraine is this beacon of democracy. But now the right wing has jumped in too, just like they did with covid the exact same thing because they don't want to be called a grandma killer. Well, now they don't want to be called pro-Putin, so they jump into the lies. They all know that the Ukraine is the fourth most corrupt state on the planet that has been nothing but a money laundering operation for Bill and Hillary Clinton and the, and the Bill and Hillary Clinton, the Clinton Foundation, the Clinton Global Initiative, which, by the way, funny how that worked, the 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 Clinton Global Initiative suddenly is back. It's back in action. They, they've reinstituted it. So now feel free. You can now donate money to the Clinton Global Initiative, probably right out of Ukraine. And there'll be some sort of Clinton Global Ukraine Initiative to rebuild Ukraine where you can give, just like I remember their, their tax return, which they received like $66 million dollars. And in order for them to spend $2 million, it cost them $15 million in administrative expenses. So for them to donate $2 million out of the Clinton Global Initiative, it actually cost them $15 million in you know, uh, you know, private flights and hotels and administrative, co administrative costs. So back to Ukraine. Remember how Ukraine was formed. The current Ukraine was caused, it was formed by, a, the CIA caused what's called a color revolution. Now this should seem eerily familiar to you because we've had that going on here in the United States. The whole, the whole thing with Black Lives Matter, Antifa is a color revolution. It is to set into progress protests that, that are then manipulated by insiders. They just infiltrate them just like we saw at 1-6. It may even be innocent at first, like 1-6 was. And then, of course, it gets infiltrated by nefarious actors, whether it's FBI, CIA, who then engage the police, Ray Epps, people like that, who then engage the police in criminal activity, in violent activity, which causes the police to then, of course, return violence with violence. And sometimes it's the police fault. Sometimes it's just the protesters' fault. Sometimes the inside actors really don't have to do much at all. But it was the CIA caused what's called a color revolution inside of Ukraine. 
They forced, and, and the whole purpose of this was to force the Ukraine into the International Monetary Fund, into being in debt to the International Monetary Fund, which is in lockstep. You will never see an ad for the World Economic Forum that does not have the inter, interna, inter, International Monetary Fund in that ad. You will never see an actual, you know, whether it's numerous interviews on their website, which they're scrubbing, which the World Economic Forum is doing right now, scrubbing their website because they don't want people to see you'll own nothing and be happy anymore because that's not, that's not politically expedient at the moment. But the, but the International Monetary Fund is always in lockstep with Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, always in lockstep with George Soros. So they forced a color, color revolution where basically what happened was the prime minister or the president of Ukraine that was in there was a good guy, was actually a good guy, just like the prosecutor that, that Joe Biden had fired that was looking into Burisma, Hunter Biden's company. He was actually a righteous prosecutor besmirched by Biden. And by the way, later, those that actually uh, defamed that man had to come back and, and apologize. But of course, it was squashed by the media. But so they, the CIA causes a color revolution, basically just forms protests against the sitting prime minister or president. And then, of course, has actors in the crowd to violently engage police. So then the police end up violently engaged with the protesters. And then the world is enraged by what the police did to the protesters that are allegedly there for freedom. Just and always remember that the Democratic Party's version of democracy is nothing, has nothing to do with democracy and has nothing to do with a democratic republic. You'll see it all the time where you'll have Justin Trudeau come out and say, you know what, there's, we've fallen away from democracy and that all happened with Donald Trump. Well, this is, these are the people that want you to have to show your papers. These are the people that want censored media. These are the people that want forced vaccinations. And to them, that's democracy. Well, that's what the CIA was orchestrating there. Basically, a bunch of fake uh, democracy-wanting protesters that were infiltrated by CIA actors to cause a violent reaction, to violently attack police, and the police violently attack back, and then it's looked at as government suppression of protesters. It's all on purpose. So, so then you have that. So then the U.S. government with Joe Biden side with the protesters they formed, along with, of course, John McCain. It's the same thing every time. Dan Crenshaw is John McCain. Lindsey Graham is John McCain. They're all the same people. They're not, these are not conservatives. Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney, and many others. Many, Sean Hannity, they are actually not conservatives. Now, the Paul, I don't know about, you know, like a television personality like Sean, uh, Sean Hannity. However, the politicians are not right-wing people. They're not conservatives. Most, most of the Republican Party are not conservatives, as we're seeing from Matt Schlapp and what he's putting out this week from CPAC about basically calling Leah Thomas a female. This Matt Schlapp, the person who runs and started CPAC is calling Leah Thomas a her. So we see what they really are. They're just people that are playing conservative. What, you, what they do is it's basically a giant club. And this, uh, this see, appears to be somewhat redundant. You say swamp or establishment politicians. But what they are is there to support one another. 
Lindsey Graham is there to support Joe Biden. And you're like, well, no, so sometimes Lindsey Graham says things that are conservative. That's just so you think he's conservative. That, that's the sole reason why. They, you notice they never actually get anything done. The same people have been in office all of these years on the conservative side and the liberal side or the progressive side or the leftist side, the right side and the left side, but nothing ever actually gets done. Roe v. Wade is not taken down. Then you have an outsider come in and they all all hate the outsider, including globally, all hate the outsider because then globally you have a club and they're all just working together. Well, you say a left-wing thing today and I'll say a right-wing thing today, but we're all just saying these things so people think we support these things and that way people will vote for us, keep us in power, we'll all play our roles, but really what they all are, every one of them, whether it's Mitch McConnell who's worth umpteen millions, Nancy Pelosi, umpteen millions, Barack Obama. Barack Obama goes way back with the Bush family and the CIA. They're all establishment bourgeois elitists. And basically they play their role. Nancy Pelosi may act like she's mad at Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer, but they're really all good buddies. I remember I was stunned because my producer Aaron told me that he was on the Senate floor, was watching the Senate, and they're all like best friends. You think that there's this great antagonism there? There's not. It's all a game. They all know about Ukraine. So back to Ukraine. So the U.S. government then sides with these protests that they formed. They formed the protests. The CIA was behind this color revolution. And of course, then the CIA, I mean, then of course, the government of the United States sides with the CIA formed protests, the color revolution. The new government is then put in, which is a firmly anti-Russian, now get this now, a firmly anti-Russian people government. Not just anti-Russian government, not just anti-Putin government, an anti-Russian people government. How many of you know that there's been genocide going on of Russian citizens in the Ukraine? Most of, 90% of the east side of Ukraine speaks Russian. 90% of the people there. Crimea, as was documented, on this film, how many of you believe that Crimea was invaded? I believed Crimea was invaded. Who told you that? I mean, do you ever think about, they just show you videos. I mean, I, I, we put this out earlier, well, last week, of media footage of the Ukraine that one of, one of the photos and one of the videos, well, two of them from two separate media sources, one video, one video was from Star Wars, absolute fact, you can look it up. Dr. Eli David put it out. One of them was from Star Wars, and one of them was from a video game that I've never heard of. Of course, I don't don't play video games, so I've never heard of any video games that are modern anyway. So if they put these things out and they tell these stories, how do you know they're not true? I mean, how do you know they are true, and how do you know they're not true? You don't know. This is why you sit back and you're, oh, you're pro-Putin. I'm not pro-Putin. Listen, Putin is a dictator from the World Economic Forum. Zelensky is a dictator from the World Economic Forum. It's Iran versus Iraq. And you should side with Iran because Iraq invaded them? How many of you believe that Crimea was invaded? Crimea was never invaded. That's absolute. They were. I mean, how do you have any? What's the proof? Crimea was 98% voted. No, it was 96 point something percent voted to annex themselves into Russia. 
And the footage that you were seeing was Russian military that has been stationed there since the 1800s. Facts. But yeah, but no, everybody's telling us that that the Ukraine is a beacon of democracy. We're being told by Dan Crenshaw and Mark Levin. I'm very disappointed in Mark Levin. Although, remember, he was anti-Trump for a long period of time. And we're being told even by Ted Cruz and numerous of uh, Ted Cruz just buys right in again, just like he did with COVID. 99.9% survival virus, Ted. So why would you why would you be pimping and whoring vaccines? Why, why would you be wearing a mask on the Senate floor? Why don't you stand? Because he's afraid of the politically expedient consequences. Just like the rest of them. They don't want to say anything because you're going to be called names. You're going to be called pro-Putin. You're going to be called racist. You're going to be called grandma killer. You're going to be called uh, 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 lacking compassion, uncompassion or whatever the word is. You're going, to be, you're going to be called that you're not a lover of humanity. No, you, you should be a lover of truth. Whatever the truth is, is the truth. It will all come out on judgment day anyway. You might as well stand in the truth, even if it causes people to hate you. Jesus actually said it in Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. He said, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. So you just say what's true. This is all true. In Crimea, we've been told that the Russians invaded it. They didn't invade it. It was basically annexed by their own citizens. And most of everybody on the eastern side of Ukraine, where primarily all the Russian troops are right now, are people who want to be part of Russia. That's absolute fact. And they've been tormented and murdered and, tor and possibly tortured by different factions of the U of, of of the Ukraine, whether it's the government or not. This is one, I mean, you gotta look at what they, what they installed. The, the CIA was behind neo-Nazi groups inside of the Ukraine that would stir up the crowd and cause a violent police reaction so that people in the world would go, oh, look at the police and the government beating down the protesters. The protesters were neo-Nazis and the neo-Nazis fired from protesting, protesters occupied buildings they shot protesters and government officials. Color revolution. So you have no idea what's going on. You just side with this ambiguous uh, pro-democracy protest that's really not pro-democracy. It's pro-hierarchy. It's pro-establishment. So Mitch McConnell stays in power. So John McCain back in the day stays in power. Lindsey Graham stays in power. The Bidens stay in power. The Clintons stay in power. The Clintons tell McConnell, you act conservative today. As a matter of fact, a matter of fact Mitch, act real conservative today. And then we're going to act really leftist. And you just notice nothing ever happens. Nothing ever changes. We, Roe v. Wade never gets taken down. You have all these conservatives. You've had more, more Republican wins as, uh, for president than you've had Democrat. And, and, and our country is where it is right now because nothing ever changes because the Bushes have come in mainly. It's been a Bush-dominated presidency. And nothing ever happens because Bush and Obama are like this. Look at, look at George W. Bush's relationship with Michelle Obama. They are good buddies. They, the Bushes go way back with the Obamas, with Barack, Barry Obama's dad. Absolute fact. 
So remember one of those names here, Pedro Gonzalez tweet. This is somebody you need to follow. Pedro Gonzalez doesn't care about the repercussions of telling the truth. Just like me, I don't care. If all, the, if all of my church leaves, they leave. I will tell the truth. The truth is the Bible. I will always stick with the Bible. If it rubs people the wrong way, I'll preach the Bible. If it rubs people the right way, I'll preach the Bible. If it makes people happy, I'll preach the Bible. If it makes people mad, I'll preach the Bible. You just tell the truth. It's never loving to lie under any circumstances ever. Pedro Gonzalez, remember that name? Victoria Newland. she was in the video. Victoria Newland has been called the architect of the US, of, of US influence in Ukraine. Leave this up now. Now, Victoria Newland was a key actor in the Trump Ukraine impeachment. She is a bold-faced propagandist, bourgeois elitist liar. She is a hired gun for the bourgeois elite World Economic Forum hierarchy in the world. She is purposely trying to purposely keeps Ukraine corrupt so that she and all her cronies can make money out of the Ukraine and install all their nefarious purposes, whatever they may be for the World Economic Forum, for the Democratic Party, whatever propaganda, whatever, whatever nefarious purposes they have, she is there to make that happen. And the really sad thing is Trump could have and should have fired her, but he didn't fire anybody. I love Donald Trump. I hope he's president in 2024. I hope DeSantis is president more than that, but I, one of the two of them, I want him to be president. But DeSantis would never have left any of these people in power. Trump always leaves these people in power thinking someday they'll be his friend. She's a bloodthirsty lunatic who helped orchestrate a coup in the Ukraine that triggered a civil war, which has killed more than 14,000 people in the Donbas region to date. Now you'll hear about the deaths going on right now. Has it added up to that number? Don't think so. So where's she at now? She's currently in the Biden administration working on the Ukraine situation. And we have the exact same thing happening over and over again. You want to hear, hear some more from her. Senator Ron Johnson video. Biden administration won't, won't rule out buying oil from Venezuela. Look who's talking for the Biden administration when it comes to Venezuelan oil. Play it for me. Not ruling out buying oil from the tyrant Maduro in Venezuela. You're, you're not ruling that out. Uh, I uh, will come back to you on that, on that question. Okay. Same actors over and over and over. Lindsey Graham's back there. A lot of people have been showing the video back in the day when Lindsey Graham was standing there with John McCain saying that we, your fight is our fight, fight to the Ukraine soldiers. And part of where Zelensky is correct is he's going, why are you guys not coming to my aid now when you promised that you would? Lindsey Graham, John McCain promised that their fight was our fight. And then when they actually have a fight, nobody shows up to help them. And by the way, nobody should have ever guaranteed it, and we shouldn't be. The way that we should be helping the Ukraine is with humanitarian aid. That's it. That's it, because Ukraine is a corrupt, it is a corrupt dictatorship, just like Russia. It's actually on the world rankings in corruption. They rank ahead of Russia by three spots. John Cordillo tweet, 
Why is Biden acting like Putin's doorstep? Well, it's very simple. Hunter Biden received $3.5 million payment from ex-Moscow mayor and Putin ally's wife. There you go. So basically, let's make it easy for conversation. They received $3.5 million from Putin. They also, now everything is going China's way. Everybody's like, well, we're really sticking it to Russia right now. We're not buying, you know, Joe Biden came out today. We're not buying any more Russian oil. Well, that really hurts them, right? No, it's all going to China. Remember now, China, people don't understand it. I don't even understand it because the numbers are so huge. You need to understand that China has 1.2 billion people, which is basically more than three times the size of the United States. So if you cut off all of our oil, all of our oil purchases from Russia, China is more than able to accommodate all of those purchases. This was pre-planned and they know it and Biden knows it. Biden's not trying to hurt Russia. He's owned by Russia. Biden is trying to help China. He's owned by China. $1.5 billion payment made to Hunter Biden in 2014 by a CCP controlled bank as Hunter and Joe flew over to China, to Beijing, on Air Force Two, under the realm, under the reign of Barack Hussein Obama. This is what's real. All the protect democracy. We're there to protect democracy and fight for freedom. That's all the lie. That's the COVID again. That's COVID-19 again. They made the problem. Remember, we just outlined it with the InfoWars videos. They made the problem. They created the problem. Parallel with COVID. They created COVID in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. They now are presenting their solution, which is potentially World War III. Their solution is worse than the problem. Same with COVID. They created COVID. Their solutions were lockdowns, killing millions, masking, killing who knows how many, and then the worst solution of all, the vaccine, which will end up killing millions, worse than the original problem. But that's the design from day one. Day one is create the problem, which will kill millions, then create the solution that will kill millions. Because as Bill Gates said, the, the, the goal is to lower the Earth's population using vaccinations. These are people that hate human beings. They're the opposite of Jesus Christ. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. John three sixteen. God so loved human beings that he gave his son to die for our sins. On the flip side, you have John eight forty four. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth because there is no truth in him. So you go to the other side. People are either black or white. They're either saved or they're not saved. They're either evil or they're not evil. And all those that, oh, Tom, how could you say these people are murderers? Really? I mean, do you think God himself, Yahweh, the mighty God of Israel, do you think that out of Jeremiah 1, 5, where he says he, before he formed you in the womb, he knew you, that do you think he actually distinguishes between the born and the unborn? Do you think he does? I mean, I could have Aaron put up picture one right after another of unborn children. Do you really think there's any difference between the born and the unborn? There is not. God doesn't make any distinguishment and they are responsible for between 40 to 60 million abortions per year. And then they say they're lifesavers for COVID, but all of their life-saving techniques, their lockdowns killed, starved to death, 300 to 400 million people. Flash them, Aaron, go ahead, that's fine. So 300 to 400 million people, they hate humans. They hate them. 
Their lockdowns killed three to 400 million people over the last two years of 15 days to flatten the curve. Their vaccines will kill and probably already have killed millions of people or maim millions of people. They hate human beings. There's no way, there's no way to, do you, hey Aaron, can you side by side one of those? Is that possible? Whenever you can. There's no way, there's absolutely no way that anybody could actually justify any of these actions. They create the problem. Their solution is 10 times, 50 times, 1,000 times worse than the problem. COVID-19 is a very manageable 99.9% survivable virus. And you know, what was their solution? See, how, do you, how would you ever, it's just like calling a man a woman. This is a person. They hate them. There's one to two million of these babies, of these people right here, butchered in the womb, outside the womb, in the birth canal, delivered breach and having and then having scissors inserted into the back of their head and a vacuum tube inserted into the hole the scissors made and had their brains sucked out and then harvest their organs for sale and even harvest their organs while they're still alive all procured all done by the democratic party the number one cause of death by the alleged people who love who love black people the number one cause of death in the black community is abortion. But yet black people can continue to vote over and over again for the Democratic Party. But that started to change in 2020, which they could not have that. John, let's just switch over. John Cordillo tweet. Oh, I already did that one. Go to Elijah video. I can't believe that. Here's some odd now. Here's the thing. It's like Stuart Varney. Here's Stuart Varney on Fox. He, fa- he, he caves. Ted Cruz caved. I mean, uh, Trey Gowdy caved. They're all, because if you, if you don't say right now that, that Voldemar Zelensky is a hero, then you're just like COVID, you're, you're a grandma killer. You're pro-Russia. If you didn't say that George Floyd was murdered, then you're a racist. So Stuart Varney just jumps right in because there's just too much to lose. Tom, would you really lose it all for the truth? Absolutely, because I, I know I'm gonna answer to God anyway. Do you ever see, do you ever, you ever actually look at the Bible and see what God says about lying? There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Three of those have to do with lying. Three out of the seven things that God hates. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Seven of the abominations of God have to do with being dishonest. Revelation 21, 8. The, 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 the cowardly, the unbel- but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So Tom, will you lose it all for the truth? Absolutely I won't because I'm part of God's economy. God will always make sure all my supplies are, are met, are, all, my, all my needs are supplied. He'll even make sure that I prosper and that I'm rich. But where do you get that from, Tom? 2 Corinthians 8, 9. We won't get into that right now on prosperity. But yeah, I'll, I, will, I will gladly risk it all for the truth because I'm gonna be judged by God anyway. But all the rest of these people, they'll sacrifice the truth for their six and seven digit incomes. Not me. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna sacrifice my relationship with God. I'm not gonna sacrifice my relationship with integrity so that I can make money. 
You tell the truth. And look at Stuart Varney just cave. He's been great on COVID. And then he just caves. It's COVID too, Stu. It's COVID too. And it's plain as day. All, the, all of social media, you get banned if you do not run the orthodoxy line, just like COVID. If you dared say that COVID was actually mandate, manda- uh, was man-made, you're banned off of social media. If you say that vac- the vaccinations don't stop transmission, banned off social media. If you say that vaccinations don't stop infection, banned off of social media. If you say that vaccinations cause, cause blood clotting, which they now everybody knows they do, banned off of social media, that vaccines are killing people, banned off of social media. It's the same thing here. And all these people don't want to be banned. They don't want to be name called. So they just buy into the lie. Whether, whether they believe it or not, you're even, you know, you're a little bit more innocent if you actually believe that the Ukraine is a democracy. But Stuart Barney knows better than that. Play it for me. The uh, first five days, uh, Russian forces, I think, frankly, were too gentle. Uh, they've now corrected that. So I would say another 10 days, this should be completely over. But the question is, uh, what is it that Zelensky is going to do? The Russians have made it very clear what they want is a neutral Ukraine. This could have ended days ago if he accepted that. And then they can adjust the borders. But the eastern part of Ukraine is firmly in Russian hands. But again, the Russians are not seizing territory. They're destroying Ukrainian forces. That's their focus. Colonel, it sounds like you don't approve of Zelensky's stand. Oh, I think Zelensky is a puppet. Uh, and he is putting huge numbers of his own population at unnecessary risk. And uh, quite frankly, most of what comes out of Ukraine is debunked as lies within 24 to 48 hours. The notions well, of taking and retaking airfields, all of this is nonsense. It hasn't happened. He's not a, a hero when he's standing up for himself and his own <laughs> people? You don't think he's a hero? No, I, I do not. I don't see anything heroic about the man. And I think the most heroic thing that he can do right now is to come to terms with reality. Neutralize Ukraine. This is not a bad thing. A neutral Ukraine would be good for us as well as for Russia. It would create the buffer that, frankly, both sides want. But he's, I think, being told to hang on and, and try to drag this out, which is tragic for the people that have to live through this. I'm inclined to disagree with you, Colonel, but, um, you know, we see how this works out. Colonel Douglas McGregor. Back to me. I don't know why the video froze, but it froze. So anyway, just some quick, Varney, see him run the orthodoxy? You don't believe Zelensky's a hero? Why would would he be a hero? Exactly why would Vladimir Zelensky be a hero? He's not fighting in it. He's not fighting in the war. I know he takes pictures in his army uniform, but he's never been in the army. And you're like, so you're you're pro-Putin? No, it's Iran versus Iraq. One country just happens to be stronger than the other. Iran and Iraq were more equal and just had a stalemate. But you're, you're, you're not going to say that people should wear masks? You're not going to say that Zelensky's a hero? No, I'm not buying into your fraudulent orthodoxy. This has just been, they're like, you know what? We couldn't win people over like Stuart Varney with our masks, with our forced vaccinations and vaccine mandates and vaccine passports. So let's do what might work for them. Although a lot of them bought into the early phases of COVID. Let's do what'll work. Good old-fashioned war. And we'll say it's good guy versus bad guy. White hat versus black hat. Russia versus the United States. Just like all of Hollywood always does. 
And everything's black and white. Everything's not black and white when it comes to humanity. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who could know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. And that's every person. That's every person. The United States is not faultless either. The United States is responsible for drone strikes this year that have killed at least 20 people. Innocent, completely and totally innocent people. So Jen Peppermint Patty Saki can go up to her, her podium and say, look at we're tough on terror. They'll kill people so that they have a photo op. That's who these people really are. This is the real, oh, Tom, Jen Psaki's a United States citizen. Yeah, she's, in, she's evil. Barack Obama's a United States citizen too, and he's evil. George W. Bush is evil. Mitch McConnell, evil. Senator Ron Johnson, not evil. The ones who will actually risk it all and tell the truth, not evil. Thomas Massey, not evil. He just tells it like it is. All right, here's, here's a great one. Now, here is, of course, the uh, Ukraine impeachment whistleblower that nobody was ever allowed to say, which, by the way, made no sense. There's never been a rule that says you can't out whistleblowers. There's never been a rule that says that you can't say what the whistleblower's name is. There's never been a rule that you can't write the whistleblower's name in media. But you got banned off social media if you dare said, say the whistleblower's name. We all know that, that, that uh, Alexander Vindman is the whistleblower from the Ukraine impeachment, an absolute leftist tool boy, leftist hand puppet for the Democratic Party. And Jack Posobiec writes, Vindman really is this stupid. Go to pick one. Here it is. Hey, Fox News, Alex, Alexander Vindman says, instead of distraction and shifting the conversation to China, strategically irrelevant in the Russia crisis leave this up china is strategically irrelevant in the russia crisis right now there are ccp agents embedded with russian troops we have the video that are coming there allegedly part as part of ccp media but they are strategically irrelevant according to alexander vidman which by the way he is a former ukrainian citizen why don't you undo the damage you caused with your complicity with Putin and support Ukraine? Or is Trump not letting you? Now, what would, I want it outlined exactly what Fox News' complicity was with Putin. Exactly. It was really Fox News has been running the orthodoxy line from day one when it comes to this conflict. So, there, so here's, that's his point number one. Instead of distracting, shifting the conversation to China, which, by the way, from all the embargoes and all the, you know, the cutting off of trade from Russia, all of Russia's goods and services will now shift to the 1.2 billion Chinese. So hardly strategically irrelevant. Go to the next picture. Russia, so they're irrelevant, right? But Russia banks rush to switch to Chinese card system. That's how stupid the left is. Always remember something. Always remember something. These people like Alexander Vindman, Victoria Newland the Bidens, the Obamas, the Clintons, the Sockies, Kamala Harris, any other leftist, Nancy Pelosi, they are all very zealous but oh, and, and very committed, way more committed to their orthodoxy than the right is. The right will always cave because they don't want to be name called. That's all that it takes to get Trey Gowdy to cave is to call him a name. That's all that it'll take. You're like, no, Trey Gowdy's tough. No, Trey Gowdy is, is basically compliant with the left. That's all that he is. I'll show you in a second. But the left 
They are very zealous, but they are galactically stupid. When you have Alexander Vindman come out and say that China is strategically irrelevant in this situation, but Russia banks are shifting everything over to China. I mean, that, they're, they're really, they're very vehement. They're very zealous, but they're galactically stupid. All right, here's our next one. This is somebody that you need to be paying attention to. Army Colonel Douglas McGregor, that's the one I showed you with Stu Varney a minute ago. That's somebody that you need to be paying attention to. Why? Because he has no personal regard. He has no regard for what will happen to him for telling the truth. He's not worried about, you know what? If I tell the truth, I'm no longer going to be booked on CNN. I'm no longer going to be booked on, you know, whatever, you know, Fox or CNN or MSNBC or anybody else or any podcast you can name. I won't get booked on Joe Rogan. I won't be, I won't be booked on the Tim cast, whatever it may be. He's not worried. He's coming in and selling what's true. He mainly shows up on Tucker. But here he is on a couple others. Here he is with Trey Gowdy. Play it for me. Here is Colonel Doug McGregor, a former senior advisor to the Secretary of Defense. Thank you for joining us. Why do you think Putin is doing this? What is his end game? <clears throat> well, Vladimir Putin is carrying through on something that he's been warning us about, at least for the last 15 years, which is that he will not tolerate U.S. forces or their missiles on his borders much as we would not tolerate Russian troops and missiles in Cuba. And we ignored him, and he finally acted. He was not going to allow Ukraine under any circumstances to join NATO. What's happened now is that the battle in eastern Ukraine is really almost over. All the Ukrainian troops there have been largely surrounded and cut off. You have a concentration down in the southeast of 30 to 40,000 of them. And if they don't surrender within the next 24 hours, I suspect that the Russians will ultimately annihilate them. That's why Zelensky is meeting with uh, Putin's representatives right now. The game is over. And uh, he's going to have to negotiate the best deal he can get. And we've already told him, the President of the United States has, that if he opts for neutrality for Ukraine, we'll back him. And I think that Vladimir Putin will do that for Western Ukraine. That is the Ukraine beyond the, the upper river. But behind it in the east, where he is now, I'm not sure what he has planned there, whether he forms another republic, annexes it into Russia, because historically it has been Russian. But the territory west of Ukraine is not. He knows that, and he's happy to live with that as a neutral state. I am not a military expert. I'm not even an expert on geography. But if he takes Ukraine and Ukraine abuts Poland, then he's going to have a NATO country abutting him so if that's what he doesn't want then isn't he going to just have to keep going until he runs out of nato countries i i guess i should say it again uh, he has no interest in crossing the west the Dnieper and heading west to the polish border uh, isn't he going to just have to keep going until he runs out of nato countries i i guess i should say it again uh, he has no interest in crossing the west the Dnieper and heading west to the polish border uh, I think you're going to find from these negotiations he's quite willing to neutralize that territory on the Austrian or the Finnish model. Right now, Russia already touches Estonia and part of Latvia. White Russia, of course, touches uh, Lithuania. Uh, he's not interested in going to war with us, and he has an army that's too small for that purpose. And he knows it. His economy is smaller than that of uh, South Korea's. So this is not something that he's looking for. 
we are imputing to him things that he does not want to do in our usual effort to demonize him and his country. We need to remember that Ukraine is fourth from the bottom of 158 countries in the world as, as corrupt. Russia is perhaps three or four places above them. This is not the liberal democracy, the shining example that everyone says it is. Far from it. Mr. Zelensky has jailed journalists and his political opposition. I think we need to stay out of it. The American people think we should stay out of it. The Europeans think we should stay out of it. And we should stop shipping weapons and encouraging Ukrainians to die in what is a hopeless endeavor. So when you say stay out of it, you mean no sanctions, no military aid, just let Russia take the portion of Ukraine they want to take? Yes, absolutely. I, I see no reason why we should fight with the Russians over something that they have been talking about for years. We simply chose to ignore it. And more important, the population there is indistinguishable from their own. You know, the, the thing that's so disturbing is that on the one hand, we will not send our forces to fight, but we are urging Ukrainians to die pointlessly in a fight they can't win. We're going to create a far worse humanitarian disaster than anything you've seen thus far if it doesn't stop. Thank you for joining us. Uh... How dare he say that? Many who are probably even watching this right now are saying that. Just like, how dare you say don't wear a mask? How dare you keep your church open? It's the exact same propagandist trope. It's the same thing. He's exactly right. Just so everybody knows, Ukraine has been attacking Eastern Ukraine, the very area that Russia is currently in for years. Voldemar Zelensky, whether he claims it or not, has been attacking Eastern Ukraine for years. It's just like Colonel McGregor said. They're basically, Eastern Ukraine is indistinguishable from Russia. Eastern Ukraine has been getting attacked by Western Ukraine. And there's many territories that want to be annexed into Russia. It's way more complicated than white hat versus black. Oh, you're pro-Putin. You're pro I'm not pro-Putin. Just like I wasn't pro-Iraq when Iraq invaded Iran. And nor was I pro-Mullah of Iran. So those are your choices. Oh, Tom, no, Zelensky's a hero. That's what Trey Gowdy says. That's what Stu Varney says. That's what Ted Cruz says. That's what Sean Hannity and Mark Levin, he's a hero. What's it? Tell me line for line. Give me a list of why he's a hero. He's not. It's not, you don't have to choose sides every time because when you have World Economic Forum dictator Putin attacking World Economic Forum dictator Zelensky, I don't have to choose sides. What I have to do as a born-again believer is make sure that I send money and resources to the innocents on both sides. That's my obligation as a spirit-filled born-again believer. Next, next uh, slide. Dennis Kurz, just so everyone knows, this, the, the beacon, as Colonel McGregor says, the beacon of democracy here, the Ukraine, where we have to go and have World War III over, the beacon of democracy, from next to TV, Denis Kirev, a member of the negotiation team on the Ukrainian side, those that were talking to the Russians, was killed. According to preliminary information, he was liquidated by the security service of Ukraine during his detention for suspicion of treason. Go to the next slide, Heather. 
Are we allowed to talk about, from Jordan Schachtel, how the Ukrainian Secret Service executed their own, pe their own peace talks negotiator or no? Go to the next slide. After two days, Ukraine, remember, I'll just go, I'll let the slides speak for themselves. After two days, this is from Sean Phillips. After two days, Ukraine now came up with an alternative explanation. Despite the previous report that the SBU, that's Ukrainian Secret Service, killed him because he was suspected of treason, they now claim this beacon of democracy that sounds very suspiciously like Vladimir Putin himself, now claim that the Russians killed him. Now they, they, they sound like Adam Schiff, Russia, 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 right? Because they all have the exact same mentality. They're all globalist leftists, just like Zelensky's best friends with Justin Trudeau, who has ushered his country into totalitarianism. Go to the next slide. Yep, after admitting, they admitted publicly that the Ukraine government admitted publicly that they executed their peace talks negotiator after admitting to murdering him for alleged treason, they now say he is a national hero and should be honored. So how does that work? This beacon of democracy, this beacon of hope, this beacon of light that the Ukraine is, that everybody should die over, that according to Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney and Mark Levin and Sean Hannity, that Vladimir Putin should be executed by the CIA and we should have a no-fly zone and provide jets flying out of Poland into Ukraine. This beacon of democracy comes out and says, yep, and just remember this, they came out and they said, yes, we executed our peace negotiator. And then lo and behold, one or two days later, they came out and said, well, wait a minute, Russia did it. So how do you get that wrong? Is it like a Joe Biden misremember? Remember Joe Biden says, you know, I got, I, I was in, I finished first in my law school class. I finished in the top, whatever, in my, in my law school class, two degrees, was the political science uh, student of the year. And then it comes out and he wasn't the political science student of the year. Didn't finish in the top of his class. Didn't finish with two degrees. And then he says he misremembered. Is that what the Ukraine's going to, is that what the Ukrainian government's going to state too? This is the beacon of democracy that everybody should die over. You want to see, you want to hear more truth about the Ukraine? Play it for me. What's going on here is that the West is leading Ukraine down the primrose path. And the end result is that Ukraine is going to get wrecked. And I believe that the policy that I'm advocating, which is neutralizing Ukraine and then building it up economically and getting it out of the competition between Russia on one side and NATO on the other side is the best thing that could happen to the Ukrainians. What we're doing is encouraging the Ukrainians to play tough with the Russians. We're encouraging the Ukrainians to think that they will ultimately become part of the West because we will ultimately defeat Putin and we will ultimately get our way. Time is on our side. And of course, the Ukrainians are playing along with this. And the Ukrainians are almost completely unwilling to compromise with the Russians and instead want to pursue a hardline policy. Well, as I said to you before, if they do that, the end result is that their country is going to be wrecked. And what we're doing is, in effect, encouraging that outcome. I think it would make much more sense for us to, neutral, to, to work to create a neutral Ukraine. It would be in our interest to bury this crisis as quickly as possible. It certainly would be in Russia's 
interest to do so. And most importantly, it would be in Ukraine's interest to put an end to the crisis. Exactly what we've been saying. That's what that's what Vladimir Putin has wanted. It's basically what we wanted for Cuba. You're not allowed to put missiles on Cuba, in Cuba. Notice how there's no missiles in Mexico. There's no missiles in Canada. Can you imagine? Well, with Biden, he would just bend over and take it up the rectum. However, with any president who actually has some guts, sorry for the rectum comment, but actually, actually I'm not sorry. But anyway, <laughs> My old, my old staff's laughing right now, so they're catching me. But Biden, we all know, would just take it. However, any real president would never allow missiles to be stationed in Canada, would not allow them to be stationed in Mexico, and we didn't allow them to be stationed in Cuba. Just like Biden, I mean, just like Putin, doesn't want them to be stationed in Ukraine. Oh, that makes you pro-Putin. No, it doesn't. I'm just paralleling. He wants what we want. Who would want, if you know your adversary is NATO, and they have intercontinental ballistic nuclear weapons, who wants them stationed in a place where you would not have, a, have an ability to respond? It's just natural geo, geographical politics. It just is what it is. I mean, it, it's not choosing right or wrong. It's negotiation, and that's what he's been saying for years. And always remember, too, it's not, it's not cut and dry. There's huge swaths, including Crimea, that want to be part of Russia, that, are part, that were or are part of Ukraine. It's not black and white. It never is black and white. You look up in Canada right now, Quebec half the time wants to secede from the Union. If nothing is black and white, folks, it's humanity. Run a church for a while, like I have, and you'll find out that, you know what? Human beings aren't exactly predictable. Byron York tweet. This is an interesting, this is an interesting poll. Quinnipiac asked an interesting question and got some striking answers. Quinnipiac, hardly a right-wing organization, but let's look at the questions and answers. Go to the next slide for me. As the world witnesses, here's the questions and answers. What is happening in Ukraine? Americans were asked what they would do if they were in the same position as Ukrainians are now. Stay and fight or leave the country. A majority, 55%, say they would stay and fight, while 38% say they would leave the country. Republicans say 68 to 25%, and independents say 57 to 30, 36% that they would stay and fight, while Democrats say 52 to 40% that they would leave the country. Just so that's, this was Quinnipiac, hardly right-leaning, just so you know the mindsets, you have the Democrats right now wanting the Ukrainians to stay and fight when more than 50% of them, 52% of them would leave themselves, but they want Ukrainians to stay and fight. Go to the next one for me, nuclear war simulation. This was sent to me by Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. This just, I want, you know, we need to put this out there because if you're going to listen to Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney, Lindsey Graham, Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, yeah, are you picking on both sides? Yep, Kamala Harris, anybody else? They, you know what, they, they're willing to you know, have jets flown in to Poland. Think about this, flown into Poland. Poland cannot defend themselves against Russia, but they're gonna have jets flown into Poland and have Poland fly those jets into the Ukraine so that the Ukrainian military can, you know, can have a bigger or better air force. 
They want that. Adam Kinzinger has openly called for a no-fly zone. Many on the left have called in for a no-fly zone. They want other people to fight in a war that they themselves would never fight, nor would they ever send their kids to fight in. So we need to actually see what would happen if there was a global thermal nuclear war. Interesting video right here. Play it for me. What you are about to see is a nuclear war simulation based on data collected and processed from the International Atomic Energy Agency, the United Nations, information publicly available from the Central Intelligence Agency, and other declassified sources. The purpose of this simulation is to provide a visualization of the global consequences of a nuclear war between the Russian Federation and state members of NATO. Even though simplified to a great degree, it shows in a clear and realistic way the outcome of a nuclear war. Based on recent geopolitical events, the software used on this simulation has considered Russia to be most likely to begin a nuclear war. Time is accelerated to simplify the viewing of the events, and they are divided into three stages, nuclear war, nuclear fallout, and nuclear winter. Simulation ready. Declassified mode activated. For context, population of nations engaged at war. NATO member states have 944 million people. The Russian Federation has 145 million people. Stage 1, Nuclear War Elapsed time 1 hour 2 hours 3 hours 4 hours 5 hours 6 hours 7 hours 8 hours 9 hours 10 hours 11 hours 12 hours 13 hours, 14 hours, 15 hours, 16 hours, 17 hours, 18 hours, 19 hours, 20 hours, 21 hours, 22 hours, 23 hours, 24 hours. Total global casualties at 178 million people. Losses of nations engaged at war. NATO member states have lost 9.1% of their total population. The Russian Federation has lost 62.9% of its total population. Stage 2, nuclear fallout. Elapsed time. 3 days. 6 days. 9 days. 12 days. 15 days. 18 days. 21 days. 24 days. 27 days, 30 days. Maximum radiation levels recorded, shown by degrees of latitude, in REM units. Total global casualties at 186 million people. Stage 3, nuclear winter. Elapsed time, 2 months, 3 months, 4 months, 5 months, 6 months, 7 months. 8 months, 9 months, 10 months. Minimum temperature recorded, shown by degrees of latitude, in Celsius degrees. Total global casualties at 548 million people. End of the simulation. Stand by. Conclusions. During the stage of nuclear war, only the engaged nations were affected directly, and casualties were limited to military facilities and cities targeted as part of tactical and retaliatory attacks. On this first stage, we saw the highest number of deaths in the shortest amount of time. 
During the stage of nuclear fallout, irradiated material in the form of dust was carried by wind currents to every corner of the planet, causing deaths related to radiation sickness, and setting the stage for a nuclear winter. Deaths in this period increased relatively slowly. During the stage of nuclear winter, the presence of dust in the atmosphere dropped temperatures worldwide, causing mass deaths of plants, animals and people, who could not adapt. Mass famine during this period resulted in the largest amounts of deaths for the entire nuclear conflict. The conclusion of this simulation is that no country on Earth will be safe in the event of a nuclear war. The policy of mutually assured destruction is truly mad, and we must push forward initiatives to avoid the proliferation of nuclear weapons, and to reduce existing arsenals. Thank you for watching this video. If you want to show your support. So there you go. And just so everybody knows, too, speaking of proliferation, there's been a proliferation of leftists buying underground bunkers right now. That's absolute fact. Put out there by InfoWars and Alex Jones, absolute fact. This, so everybody knows, when you hear somebody talking about a no-fly zone with a nuclear-powered Russia who has many, many intercontinental ballistic nuclear warheads that could easily reach the United States, that's what we're talking about. I don't believe that's going to happen, but these idiots who call for these things, the Lindsey Grahams and the Sean Hannity's, the Adam Kinzinger's, the Liz Cheney's, the establishment swamp rat hierarchy, that all they wanted, they bootlicked the Democrats for a month, then the Democrats bootlicked them for a month, and then they all just stay in their little happy establishment swamp enriching themselves, including the Sean Hannity's of the world. I'll be good, you know, I'll be conservative one day, then I won't be conservative the next day. That's, that's what this is all about. And there's way more at stake than their little stupid reputations and their little Ponzi scheme that they have inside the D.C. Beltway. RHB tweet. Right, I just saw this little joke from Rodney Howard Brown. For those, who, for those of you that thought mass works, here is your bomb shelter. Yeah, exactly the, the equivalent. That's exactly right. And the exact same mindset. Jack Posobiec video breaking ccp media outlets this is actually right now ccp media outlets are embedded with russian soldiers i'm just going to play this for a couple seconds play it for me i just wanted you to see it so you knew that it was true alexander vinman saying you know what you know, China is absolutely irrelevant in this situation why is it that the ccp the pla is embedded then with russia and all that's happened here is, of course, the CCP, Joe Biden bought and paid for by the CCP, $1.5 billion, 2014. Lo and behold, they gain everything in this conflict, everything. Benny Video, remember when we had a president who warned us on becoming dependent on foreign oil? Play it for me. Reliance on a single foreign supplier can leave a nation vulnerable to extortion and intimidation. That is why we congratulate European states such as Poland for leading the construction of a Baltic pipeline so that nations are not dependent on Russia to meet their energy needs. Germany will become totally dependent on Russian energy if it does not immediately change course. Here in the Western Hemisphere, we are committed to maintaining our independence from the encroachment of expansionist foreign powers. And look at, look at Germany at the end. We'll do a side-by-side -side here in a second. My producer Aaron will make it happen. So, 
Germany's laughing at him. And look, that's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened is Germany shut down their nuclear power plants, listened to Greta Thunberg, shut down all of their other oil production and other oil sources, got the Nord Stream pipeline from Russia. And now, lo and behold, they have nothing. And look at them laugh. And who was right? The businessman. Remember, all of these politicians have never accomplished a thing in their life. Joe Biden has been in the Senate since 1978 when he was 28 years old. The man has never accomplished a thing in his life. Michelle Obama never has. Barack Hussein Obama never has. Hillary Clinton never has. Bill Clinton never has. Kamala Harris never has. They've never accomplished a thing in their life. Look at this interesting little synopsis of war. Put up the next pick for me. This is from uh, Major Colonel Smedley D. Butler. I love this. War is just a racket. A racket is best described, I believe, as something that is not what it seems to the majority of people. Only a small inside group knows what it is about. It is conducted for the benefit of the very few at the expense of the masses, which you can easily sum up with. It is for the World Economic Forum. Now my favorite part of the show, as usual, my Kamala Harris compilation for the show. This is breaking This is breaking 9-11 video. You just gotta listen to how out of her element Kamala Harris, there's a variety of subjects, but listen to how out of her element she is. Play it for me. Imagine a future. The freight trucks that deliver bread and milk to our grocery store shelves and the buses that take children to school and, and parents to work. Imagine all the heavy-duty vehicles that keep our supply lines strong and allow our economy to grow. Imagine that they produced zero emissions. Well, you all imagined it. That's why we're here today. Because we have the ability to see what can be, unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen. What point does the administration say, you know what, the strategy isn't working. We're going to change strategies. Six former administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. So I am here, again, here in Selma, to say thank you for your work, your sacrifice, and your dedication. And I have come here today to also remind you that we all stand together. President Biden and I are working for this cause every day. We have put the full power of the executive branch behind our shared effort. And if we all continue to work together, to march together, to fight together, we will secure the freedom to vote. We must together work together to see where we are, where we are headed, where we are going, and our vision for where we should be, but also see it as a moment, yes, to together address the challenges and to work on the opportunities. 
where it hurts is to go after his oil and gas sector. And some senators agree, Republican and Democrat. Uh, Senator Joe Manchin, for example, mentioned that the U.S. is still currently buying approximately 600,000 barrels of, of crude and uh, other petroleum products every single day. Is that on the table? Is that something that the administration would continue, would consider in terms of further sanctions, cutting off the oil and gas uh, part of the economy for Russia? Well, as you know, that on this issue, for example, we applaud Germany in terms of what it has done as it relates to Nord Stream 2, as it relates to what we need to do domestically as well as, as what we need to do in terms of this issue generally. We have, as the President said, uh, reevaluated what we're doing in terms of the strategic oil reserve here in the United States to make sure that it will not have an impact or we can mitigate the impact on the American consumer. Uh, but let's, let's take this one step at a time. I'm understanding that right now on the issue of energy, our allies have stood firm and unified in a way that many of the pundits didn't predict would happen um, to ensure that we are, we are unified in our approach to this issue. Aren't you just thrilled that the one that's actually been sent over to Eastern Europe is Kamala Harris? All right, switching to COVID, Wittgenstein video. This is the base. This is the base video for our COVID slash vaccine section of the podcast tonight. Stunning things coming out about COVID and vaccines. Reporter asks asks if Florida Surgeon General's uh, uh, recommending against giving healthy children So the Florida Surgeon General has recommended against giving healthy children the COVID jab is good policy. uh, Saki's response, absolutely not. Play it for me. Last Florida Surgeon General says that healthy children shouldn't get the COVID vaccine. Is that a good policy? Uh, Absolutely not. Uh, Let me just note that we know the science. Uh, We know the data uh, and what works um, and what is the most what the most effective steps are in protecting people of a range of ages from uh, hospitalization and even death. The FDA and CDC have already weighed in and the safety uh, on the safety and efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines for those. Back to me. Oh, the, the very the very CDC that's hiding vaccinated hospitalization rates. The CDC that's hiding booster efficacy studies right now at this very moment, the, 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 the actual statistics about booster efficacy for those 18 to 49 that the CDC is suppressing, that, that CD, is that who you're talking about, Jen Psaki? Here's an interesting, here's an interesting article, uh, Michael P. Sanger tweet first. The federal government paid hundreds of millions uh, paid hundreds of media. It's actually $1 billion. So it is hundreds of millions. The federal government paid hundreds of media outlets to advertise, advertise COVID vaccines. What they did was buy vast swaths, a billion dollars worth of advertising time on only liberal, only liberal media sites with the exception of Fox news and Newsmax. So that those stations are then, you know what? We really don't want the money train to stop. So if we, we don't want the money train to stop. We need to be saying positive things about vaccines, right? Here's a, it's the article from The Blaze. In response to a FOIA request from The Blaze article filed by The Blaze, HHS, 
Health and Human Services revealed that it purchased advertising from major news networks, including ABC, CBS, and NBC, as well as cable TV news stations, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, legacy media publications, including the New York Post, the Los Angeles Times, and the Washington Post, digital media companies like BuzzFeed and Newsmax, and hundreds of local newspapers, Newsmax, who banned Mike Lindell, and hundreds of local newspapers and TV stations. These outlets were collectively responsible for publishing callous articles and video segments regarding the vaccine. Not the advertisements, that was bought and paid for, but then the companies and news outlets are responsible for publishing their own countless articles and video segments because they don't want the money train to stop regarding the vaccine that were nearly uniformly positive about the vaccine in terms of both its efficacy and safety. That includes Fox, that includes Newsmax. Hundreds of news organizations were paid by the federal government to advertise for the vaccines as part of a comprehensive media campaign. According to the documents, the blaze obtained via FOIA from the Department of Health and Human Services. They are all in it together, including establishment Republican news media sources, i.e. Sean Hannity, a notorious vaccine whore. Dr. Anastasia, uh, uh, oh, first, Aaron, can you play Jen Psaki for me one more time? Uh, let me just note that we know the science, uh, we know the data, uh, and what works, um, and what is the most, what the most effective steps are in protecting people of a range of ages from uh, hospitalization and even death. They know the federal government, the CDC, the Biden administration knows what is the most effective treatment for COVID. Really? Play it for me. 700,000 people in the study in Israel, just so you know, that showed that the double vax were 27 times more likely to get reinfected. So it's not the vaccine, even if we just talk about that, is not stopping infection, it's not stopping transmission. If you look at the studies, in England, in Scotland, in the northern countries in Europe where they get real data that they're actually the triple vaccinated the most likely to die. So bottom line is that we, as we go forward, the natural immunity is long, broad, and durable. And I don't know if he mentioned it, but we have SARS-CoV-1 patients who still had immunity 18 years later. Let that sink in. 18 years later, we still had immunity from SARS-CoV-1 to SARS-CoV-2. This is long, broad, durable immunity. So what I want to say in closing is natural immunity should be considered legally to be at least equal to vaccinated immunity, and immunity is likely lifelong. Thank you. So Jen Psaki in the Biden administration knows everything there is to know about affective treatment. Well, in a study from Israel, which is a COVID totalitarian state, and this hardly benefits them, so this has to be pretty unbiased. In a study of 700,000 plus people, the vaccinated, the double, the double vaccinated were 27 times more likely to be infected than those who are naturally immune. As a matter of fact, what this doctor found out in opposition to, in direct contradiction to Peppermint Patty, that she never says a word about natural immunity, but it was found out that natural immunity lasts up to, they, and this isn't even, they're not even saying it ends this long, that it ends at this place. They found people from SARS-CoV-1 who still had perfect natural immunity 18 freaking years later, and you have to get a booster shot for your COVID vaccine in three months, which will kill even more of your immune system off. But Jen Psaki, play for me here. Uh, let me just note that we know the science, uh, we know 
the data uh, and what works um, and what is the most what the most effective steps are in protecting people of a range of ages from uh, hospitalization and even death. Oh, oh, really? Well, you know what? Scotland adopted Jen Psaki's way of doing things, right? Well, here's their stats. Well, let's look at this, shall we? Vaccinated st status, 72% of Scotland is double vaxxed. So then you go over here. Cases, 85% of their cases are amongst the double vaxxed. Only 14% those who are unvaccinated. Of their hospitalizations, remember? It'll stop. It won't stop transmission. It won't stop infection, even though we promised that it would. It doesn't stop either one of those things, but it'll keep you out of the hospital. Well, in Scotland, just like Great Britain, just like Australia, just like every other country, including ours, but the CDC's hiding the what? What's, C what's the CDC hiding right now? COVID vaccination rates. And I'm telling you right now, they're, ho they're also hiding COVID vaccinated death rates because 78.5% of their hospitalizations for COVID-19 are fully vaccinated people. 80% of their COVID deaths, 82% in England are fully vaccinated people. But Jen Psaki knows everything, right? Absolutely not. They are liars and they love to see people die. Ethical skeptic tweet. Folks, we, generally, we genuinely have a problem here. Younger people are dying. There's no sequel. There's no prequel, Leonardo DiCaprio. Young people are dying. At sustained rates, this is factual data. Pull up the DOD, pull up Thomas Rents, pull up the Ron Johnson Senate hearing, 300% increase in heart attacks, 300% increase in Bell's palsy, 300% increase in miscarriages, 1,000% increase in neurological disorders. I could go on and on and on. 300% increase in skin cancer and testicular cancer. All between 200 and 300% increases. This is all, this is all the truth. This is what's happening. What, what is the underlying common denominator in all these deaths and diseases? What is it exactly? Never before in the history of America, never before in the history of the world have we seen people of young ages dropping dead all over the planet. Young soccer players, tennis players, leaving the match because they can't breathe, clutching their chest, dying. If this was actually a Republican issue, it'd be national news every day documenting each and every time one of these athletes collapsed. Young people are dying at sustained rates, and these are not COVID deaths. I repeat, not COVID deaths. This is not long COVID. That's a lie. Doesn't exist as that would still hit older ages harder. This is hitting basically 30 to 49 year old brackets. Here's, this, here's the uh, graph right here. There it is. Now, if you look at the difference, this is between 20 and 21, 2020 and 2021. 2020 is the bottom line. That's the increase. I mean, you may or may not be able to see the number. Put it on the big screen, guys, just to see if it's, there we go. What's the increase between 20 and 2021? You can bring it back to me. I just want everybody to decide. There you go, perfect. So I want everybody to see the difference. Very simple. Week 14 to week 42 to week 52. I know I covered this on Saturday, but I want everyone to make sure, and I even covered it in church from the pulpit. Week 14 to week 52, 2020. Week 14 to week 52, 2021. What's the comparable? 
What's the comparison? Well, in 2021, in those weeks, you had 197,314 more deaths in 2021 from 18, from 30 to 49 years of age. Whoops, what, what, what's the difference between 2021? Uh, what's the difference? Uh, nobody was vaccinated in 2020 and everybody's vaccinated in 2021. 70% of America, 80% of adults. Whoops. All right, let's go to the next one. Rise Melbourne video. We've been told to, wait a minute. Sorry, Aaron, would you do Jen Psaki for me one more time? Let's get uh, that. Let me hit. just note that we know the science. Uh, we know the data uh, and what works um, and what is the most what the most effective steps are in protecting people of a range of ages from uh, hospitalization and even death. So from Australia, we've been told to follow the science. Problem is, when the science is requested in writing, there is no science. Play it for me. The thing to uh, say is, I don't know about reams of evidence. It's a pretty short stack, to be quite frank, given what we've seen over the last 18 months or so. Um, essentially, this dates back six months. It's been like a never-ending story, uh, in a sense. We have, uh, I think, fallen into a position here where we've been asking for the medical evidence. My office has been asking for the medical evidence that's been used to support these extraordinarily prescriptive public health directions. We've been talking about things like vertical consumption, uh, which is this ludicrous term that's been invented by the bureaucrats here in this state for standing and drinking. But most importantly, uh, the issue of vaccine mandates, because we've got classes of people in this state, thousands of South Australians who have been effectively railroaded out of their jobs based on their decisions in relation to their own medical care, that is whether or not to take the vaccine. And um, one would have thought that there would be enormous medical evidence in support of such a um, you know, draconian position. Uh, but based on the evidence that I've been given, there is no such medical evidence. And in fact, all I've been provided with, despite asking for all of the health advice, all of the correspondence, all of the emails, uh, is a small collection of minutes of meetings um, which yeah, really don't even discuss these topics as we've discussed really in any great detail. Um, yeah, what I've seen, exactly what I've seen is just a list of topics, uh, minutes of meetings. There, there, there's no data, no medical evidence, no citing of uh, even medical published reports, the sort of things that I've cited in some of the arguments uh, over some of these issues in the past. It seems extraordinarily thin. And this is not unique to the South Australian government. This is true of all the state governments. They just make these pronouncements about medical advice, yet have shared nothing with the public resolved a long time ago um you know if these if these were legitimately based on medical evidence then provide it and bring the community with you but the reality here is there has been no such information provided uh and in fact furious timing today uh the police commissioner has announced that some of the mandates are actually being dropped uh so the the, the mandates for uh south australian police officers and some allied health care professionals are actually as i understand it being removed now um this is this is i think a bigger story than, than we realize chris this, this is potentially a scandal if i was a business that had followed in suit based on these um, healthcare directions that have come from the uh, from these bureaucrats. I've been getting myself a lawyer right at the moment because if anyone's been stood down based on zero medical evidence, uh, there is an extraordinary path ahead. Well, as you mentioned, there is a law case, a legal case going up in South Australia. It next hits the courts the week before the state election, challenging these mandates. One of the people uh, in that case is a police officer. Uh, recently on this program, I spoke to Mark Carroll from the Police Association. In all right, so let's look at this, Aaron. You can side-by-side side the graph whenever you get it. So they have the zero, zero medical evidence. Zero. Now, I'm showing you this graph out of Scotland. Remember the study that just came out of UK. They're not going to let this happen in Australia. They're not. They're going to suppress their numbers. Why? Because Scott Morrison, is his butt is in a serious crack. Dan Andrews' butt is in a crack. They're in trouble because they have... Quote from this reporter. All he's basically doing is saying, here's a FOIA request. Show me why you locked down. 
Show me why you mandated vaccines. Show me why you mask people. Show me why 15 days to flatten the curve turned into two years to flatten the curve. Show me, show me how many people who are vaccinated are in the hospital. Show me how many people who are vaccinated die in comparison to how many people unvaccinated are hospitalized or dying. Just that's all I want is the data. And what do they get? They get a list of meetings, no studies, no data, no stats. You know why? Because there are no studies and there is no data and there are no stats that justify mandating vaccines. And there is no studies, there is no data, there is no statistics that show that these vaccines do anything but harm people. Look at the data. There it is. It is very simple. Scotland's the same as the United States, same as the UK. 90% of COVID deaths now in the UK, this came from their Bureau of Statistics. 90% of COVID deaths in the UK are fully vaccinated people and they'll give you the usual propagandist gaslit bullcrap which is well of course uh, 90% of the COVID deaths are are fully vaccinated because 90% of our population is fully vaccinated that makes no sense when the vaccination is supposed to stop death and hospitalizations look at this 80% of the deaths in Scotland are fully vaccinated 78.5% of the hospitalizations for COVID-19 are fully vaccinated. That's why they won't tell them in Australia. They won't release the FOIA data. Wind talker tweet. There we go. Uh Uh-oh. Now let's just run right through. Aaron, if you could just run through the... uh, you know the thread for me from Janny say uh, make sure you're following wind talker on Twitter. Awesome site. Can you put the first one? There you go. Wall Street Journal. U.S. life insurance companies saw nearly a 40% rise in death benefit claims. Um, folks, that's a little, that, 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 that's a smidge of an increase. 40 freaking percent. 40 percent. See, the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covet after they bear from the faith and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. See, it will come after you eventually. And I forgot to actually include this on the show. I'll try to include it for Thursday's show. But it, a hope was it Virginia where they had the athletes now who who the athletes now what's going on I believe it was Virginia don't hold me to that but right now the athletes are actually putting up a law in Virginia where you have to go through a more stringent health process a more a more stringent health checkup to be an athlete a high school athlete in Virginia if you're vaccinated. Because they have to thoroughly check your heart to make sure there is no damage. So I say to all these people, it's so important that your son or your daughter play this sport or that sport, that you got them vaccinated against a virus they have 0% chance of spreading or dying or being hospitalized of. You got them vaccinated so they could play sports in 2021. And now look at you because now the very same people that caused you to pimp and whore your own child for a vaccine they didn't need are now pulling back and saying, maybe they won't be allowed to play anymore because the love of money is the root of all evil. If they die, we don't want to be held liable. Whoops. Wall Street Journal, U.S. life insurance company saw nearly a 40% rise in death benefit claims in the third quarter of 2021 compared to the pre-pandemic baseline, while claims for COVID-related deaths were expected to jump and did so up 18.7%. Well, of course, COVID-related deaths would jump 18%. Why? Because prior to 2020, there was no COVID-related deaths. So, of course, they're going to jump, duh. Pre-pandemic baseline, there was a su- there was surprise at the sudden jump in non-COVID death claims up 
19% by comparison claims for non-COVID deaths only reached 6.4% in 2020 and then went from climbed 13% in one year. One year, what was the difference? Oh, that daggum life-saving prevents you from being hospitalized vaccination over baseline fourth quarter 2020 and, and we're at baseline in the first quarter of 2021. The sudden jump is non-COVID. Death benefit claims were stunning and unexpected to life insurance analysts. According to the American Council for Life, of life Insurers, Paid, uh, life insurers paid out more than 90 billion in 2020, a 15.4% rise in claims over 2019. Wait till we hear the statistics coming from 2021. And then 2022, when you just saw, I put out the statistics from the ethical skeptic. Where did he get the statistics from? The CDC's own website that for ages 30 to 49, there's been from weeks 14 to 52, from 2021 versus 2020, there was a rise in 2021 of 197,000 more deaths in that bracket. This will hit the insurance companies. They will come calling. Maybe the insurance companies will be the ones that shine the light on it all. Jen Psaki, please, Aaron. Uh, let me just note that we know the science. Uh, we know the data uh, and what works um, and what is the most what the most effective steps are in protecting people of a range of ages from uh, hospitalization and even death. Oh, well, yeah, they, they know everything, right? Val class 2.0, so messed up. Play it for me. And I'll let you know that Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J all went out of their way to eliminate patients with natural immunity from their studies. Why did they do that? I wonder why. Because they re these patients retain an antigenic fragment of the virus in their system for a long time. We're finding even 15 months later. They're at serious risk for hyperimmune response. They didn't want their studies to be messed up. So they went out of their way to eliminate every single patient in every single study, J&J, &J, Moderna, Pfizer, to make sure that none of these patients were enrolled in a study. I don't think any of you realize that. So we are taking, let's say the children five to 11, about 80% have had the virus already. If we mandate the vaccine in this five to 11 year old group, you have 28 million kids in the United States. That would be basically somewhere close to 20 million of these kids plus would actually have already had the virus. They're at high risk for a hyperimmune response. That means they're gonna die. Some of them are gonna die if you mandate a vaccine. That's what that means. So it's very important to realize that if we go down this direction, all right, where we mandate vaccines and people who've already had it, we are, we are it's not a, it, this is not a civil liberties thing. This is a medical, poor decision. This is a major poor decision medically. Forget about the civil liberties. If you allow it to happen, you're allowing children to die. The Biden administration knows everything, right? Because what they are is a World Economic Forum hand puppet, and the whole, all they're doing is they are a conveyance to get to the end goal. The end goal is for you to be marked, that he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name, Revelation 13, 16, and 17. That's the end game from Klaus Schwab. And Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and the Biden administration, the NIH, the CDC, the FDA, are nothing more than vehicles to get to that end game. So what happened right here? 
They left out naturally immune people out of their study. Sounds friendly at first. No, they left them out. So you don't know. In other words, they didn't test the vaccine on naturally immune people and then insisted that naturally immune people take the vaccine. And then you have Jen Psaki saying, we have uh, the Surgeon General for, for Florida, Dr. Ladabo, I believe is how you pronounce his, his name. He says, you know what? Healthy children shouldn't take it. 90 plus percent of kids have already had COVID. And Jen Psaki said, no, they should take it anyway. It's never been studied. Pfizer never studied what the vaccine will do to naturally immune people, which by the way, what it does, and he just said kids will die, but Jen Psaki knows better. What it does is cause a hyperimmune response. In other words, AD, a, um, antibody dependent enhancement syndrome, ADE. That's what it causes. It turns your immune system in, from being a fighter, a fighter of, uh, of disease into an usher for disease, an, a hyperimmune response if you get vaccinated and you are already immune. By the way, it does ADD and capillary blood clotting even if you don't have natural immunity when you take the vax. Oh, the Vigilant Fox we lost. Vigilant Fox put out, I want to just give them due credit. I was going to show a Vigilant Fox video, but they got taken down from Twitter for putting out facts and data. Peter McCullough video. Where are we at? Did I skip one? Oh, I skipped one. Oh, is it a pick? All right, put it up. There we go. Alex Walkburn. Oh, yeah, man, I'm so glad. It, I'm glad my producer Aaron caught this because this was too vital for me to skip over by accident. Alex Washburn, look at this. I withheld my research. This is what Jen Psaki, she is basing her knowledge on people like this who withheld their knowledge, who withheld their facts and data, who withheld the results of their research because they didn't, get, didn't want to get fired. Shame on you, Alex Washburn. I withheld my research because I feared the professional repercussions within the scientific community. Leave this up. You know what? You know what I did? When, my, when large swaths of my church left because of COVID, I told the truth. You know what I did when more of them left? I told the truth. You know what I did when, more, when everybody came when, and now we're, we're three, three or four times that size? I told the truth. You just tell the truth. You never back off of the truth. You don't, you, don't, you don't consider the repercussions of the truth. You tell the truth. Otherwise, what kind of person are you? You've sold your soul to Satan if you live in lies. He, was, he, was, he, was, he, he, he withheld his research because I feared the professional repercussions. I feared repercussions because I witnessed the treatments. Treatment of who? These are Stanford people that I'm about to name. These are hardly right-wingers, but they were people who told the truth. I feared the repercussions because I witnessed the treatment of Ioannidis and, At and Atlas, and the Ioannidis Act Force study, which can leave this up, because the, the Ioannidis Act Force study out of Stanford, which clearly said that COVID for people zero to 19 years of age, the post-infection survival rate was 99.997, but Jen Psaki wants them all vaccinated. And most of them are already immune. And it will kill them to vaccinate. But you know what? We have to kill people to get to the end game, which is for you to be marked, distanced, subjugated, and controlled. Ioannidis, Dr. Batichera, Martin Koldorf, these are all the heroes. These are the ones who told the truth. Sinatra Gupta. But unlike them, I didn't have tenure. Oh, he's saying because he could have been fired if he told the truth, but they couldn't be. They would have told the truth anyway. Put up his, uh, 
His, his profile pic, Alex Barksburn, just so you know, great listener, Princeton PhD, but he withheld the results of his research from the community to keep his job. All right, where are we at, Aaron P- Peter McCullough? Oh, wait, you know what? You know where we got to go first. Back to the expert. Uh, let me just note that we know the science. Uh, we know the data uh, and what works um, and what is the most what the most effective steps are in protecting people of a range of ages from uh, hospitalization and even that is mass psychosis mm. there is no other explanation no reasonable doctor no reasonable military command would subject somebody to a second chart of heart damage which in his case will almost be certainly be lethal that is what's going on. And I've seen cardiologists after cardiologists of people who sustain heart damage recommend more shots to get more heart damage. Dr. Artis has told you there is a product which is proven to cause renal failure and hepatic injury. Doctors continue to give the product causing more kidney injury. I have over 500 publications on kidney injury. I'm telling you it contributes to death without a doubt. That is mass psychosis. Doctors and health systems and people all around us are entranced in a mass psychosis. Our challenge is to somehow bring them out of it without having mass loss of life greater than what we've already seen. What Matthias Desmond has said, I've been on a seminar with him. He said this almost always leads with massive loss of It's not just mass psychosis either. It's mass buy-in. There's people that are scared of COVID, but mainly people take the vaccination because they're scared of the personal repercussions, not the disease repercussions of COVID-19, the personal repercussions, because I won't be allowed in a store without my QR coded mark of the beast. I won't be allowed my job anymore without my QR coded mark of the beast. Most people take the vaccine for the purpose of keeping their job, not for the purpose of keeping them from catching COVID-19. But you know, Real quick again, one more time, last time, here's Jen Psaki. Uh, Let me just note that we know the science, uh, we know the data uh, and what works um, and what is the most, what the most effective steps are in protecting people of a range of ages from uh, hospitalization and even death. So where does she get all of her information from? Michael P. Sanger video, play it for me. And then I realized Something that I kind of ignored that, you know, much of the people here have discussed and brought up, which is that these policies were harmful. Initially, I was, I don't want to say I was ignorant, but I was, it was irrelevant because there were lives on the line. I'm an emergency doctor. Lives, There's lives, you know, and it's like, no, we have to do it. But if the policies didn't make a big difference and they only caused harm, then you have to start rethinking what we're doing. And you have to take the data that that were that's clearly in front of us, and if it is only causing harm, and at best can only save few, we need to think about it because if at best, right, an aggressive lockdown policy, imagine it reduced hospitalizations death by twenty percent, twenty percent of deaths, hospitalizations reduced. If that was the case, then maybe we could come here and debate. Is that is the harms that are caused by those lockdowns worth that benefit? And how do we negotiate that benefit through, you know, navigating through our freedoms? But the reality is hospitalizations and deaths were not reduced by 20% by any policies. 
And because if they were, we would have had studies at this point that would have been able to consistently identify that. And that just has not occurred at all. So I think as a society, we have to decide if we want to continue like a public policy that's obviously producing large harms and offering only a minimal benefit at best. Uh, that's currently unmeasurable. Also, personally, I would like to apologize to uh, the three other scientists sitting with me here on Zoom, the proponents of the Barrington Declaration, because I initially I did think you all were crazy or dumb, or maybe you just didn't understand what I was seeing, but I, I now realize actually, I'm sorry, because I believe now you guys were correct. And, um, and you were correct from the beginning. And I, and I wish that more people, including myself, had realized that sooner. And I hope more people realize that soon enough. Now, full credit for the apology. However, let's break down what he said at the beginning. He said, you know what? I didn't pay attention to what these other doctors were saying. Masks do nothing. Lockdowns do nothing. All now been verified by the Johns Hopkins study, which is hardly a bastion of right-wing conservatism. All verified. Masks do nothing. Lockdowns do nothing. Now, hopefully he buys into the vaccines do nothing but cause harm. Hopefully he wakes up. But remember what he said. I didn't pay attention because at the moment, those things were irrelevant because you know people were dying. That's the worst response you can have is facts are irrelevant because people are dying. That's like saying, you know, we have an ER full of people. Let's just light it on fire and burn it down. That's true. I mean, what's the, what's, if you have an ER full of people and you're receiving factual data that remdesivir is killing these people, but that's irrelevant because people are dying. How does that make sense to an ER doctor? He was getting the facts, remdesivir, causes renal failure but it didn't matter because people were dying they were dying of the renal failure moron but how does what he said make any sense if you are concerned about people are dying and the lockdowns are causing people to die how does that make any sense it didn't what it was was a cowardly approach because you are afraid not to buy into the orthodoxy because you might lose your job he probably got vaxxed to keep his job and again i appreciate the apology two years later after countless thousands have died died from remdesivir countless thousands have died because joe biden withheld uh, monoclonal therapies, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and the world global elitist withheld all of those things also causing millions to die. I appreciate the apology, but how does it make any sense that facts were irrelevant while I was trying to save lives and the lives would have been saved by the facts? It makes no sense. You know why it makes no sense? Because it's demonic yeah christina puchow spokesman for ron DeSantis, says this quote from ron DeSantis: we always sided with the data and we rejected the narrative exactly right that's what you do you don't reject facts to save lives because the facts are what will save more lives than the ones that you are allegedly saving which you are not saving any lives if you're ignoring factual data 
and that factual data is telling you that what you are doing is killing people, then how do you use saving lives as an excuse to ignore it? And this is where we are. You know, preachers are the same way. Preachers are the same way. They don't tell people they're sinning because they might leave, leave the church. So they lie to them. They tell them that they're saved when they're not so that they stay in the church because allegedly staying in the church is better. What, it's better to stay in church and go to hell than leaving the church and going to hell? It's the same demonic, demonic philosophy. Same demonic philosophy. Michael P. Sanger tweet. Just so you know, didn't I tell you, here's the end game. The World Health Organization, and, and by the way, this is from yesterday. It's not from a long time ago. The World Health Organization has inked a contract to build the world's first global vaccine passport system. Game plan from day one, COVID caving Christians. COVID, caving conservatives, you need to do what that ER doc just did and say those vaunted three words, COVID caving pastors, COVID caving Christian leaders. The only international figure that stood up was Rodney Howard Brown. Where's all the other big names? To this day, 20, two years into 15 days to flatten the curve, 24 months into 15 days to flatten the curve, and not one of those big leaders have said those vaunted three words. So whether you're a pastor of a 50-member church or a 50,000-member ministry, you, and you close for a day, a week, a month, a year, I don't care. What do you do? Are you mitigating? You push masks? Are you pimped and hoard vaccines? You need to come out and say, I was wrong because look, put that back up, put it back up side by side, because look is what has happened. Look at what has happened. It only took two years of your compliance to get to almost to the mark of the beast. And you have yet to say, I was wrong. Why? Why? Because your pride is going before your own destruction. You've seen your church empty out. Do you think it's going to get filled without the Holy Ghost? Until you repent and go Jesus style, from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Until you go Jesus side, your church will continue to run dry. But all you've got to do is say, from your heart, don't do it to grow your church back. You need to do it so that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So that you are actually, actually right. You need to say, I was wrong and turn from your ways. And never go there again. Your people need to hear it. All right, that's good enough. Listen, I love each and every one of you. Thank you for watching on Facebook. Share as much as you can. Rumble, share as much as you can. I love each and every one of you. I'll give you the verse that I give all the time. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. And do not let yourself be burned again by a yoke of slavery. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Back here Thursday night, 8.30. Love you all. God bless you. Lots of other churches are closing. They're done. And I'm talking about even churches that were small mitigators. You know what? You come in, we're, we're keeping our church open, but make sure everybody sits six feet apart. Make sure that you've got alcohol gel on. You can mask if you want. You can do what you just feel comfortable. Bring your own lawn chair. Sit in your COVID clumps, but we're actually open. It's absolute insanity. We are never going to be involved in any of that garbage ever.
thing is we're never gonna close. We never will. That's the way that it is. I don't care who the governor is of Florida. I don't care who the president is, is of the United States. The Constitution says we have freedom of religion, freedom to assemble, and we will stand. We will stand. Period. Always. We will stand. We will not. And this is what happens when you do stand and you implement the Word of God. sowing seed into the southern outpost of freedom. There is no other church like this one. Thank you, Lord, and thank you, Lord, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Praise you, Lord, for this building in Jesus' mighty name. Check out our new TLP trucker hat. When you give $25 or more to the podcast, we will ship one out to you. Thank you for investing in the program, and we look forward to you tuning in next time. Hey, I'm Aaron Yeager, producer of the Tom Lively Podcast. If you can't get enough of the show, you can always tune in and watch us live on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We also go live every Saturday night at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is also on the Christian Television Network. You can always watch live at TomLikely.com, which is our preferred platform, or on Rumble, Facebook, and YouTube. If you miss a live broadcast, you can always go back and watch on Rumble or TomLikely.com. It's also available as an audio-only show on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Thank you so much for your continued support and for tuning in.